Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon. Hello, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing well? Doing well? Good, good. Well, I just want to let you know, I'm going to introduce myself. My name's Elijah, and I get to work at this awesome church, Um, but usually I have to deal with adults, and they're not as fun as you guys. But when Sam asked me if I wanted to come hang out with you guys, I was like, heck yeah, I'll come hang out with you guys. And so here I am, hanging out with you, and, and I brought you a gift. Oh, hold on. There's a catch to this gift. First off, only one of you is going to be able to get it. But, no, it's not even a hand raised thing. It's not even a hand. But I'm telling you, you're going to want it. And here's why. I'll tell you exactly why. First off, you would do a lot for it. I mean, you may drink a, a bottle of hot sauce for this. You may clean a toilet for it. You may do the dishes for it. You may do all kinds of things for it. I'm telling you, you are going to want this gift, okay? You're going to want it. You know what I? Who likes apps? Who likes new apps? Who likes going to the movies? Who likes going to the mall? I'm telling you, the gift, the gift I'm about to give you, it just, it may very well enable you to do all of that. Are you ready for this? You guys want to know what it is? One of you guys is going to have it, and you can come get it if you want. Not quite yet, but you guys want to know what it is? All right, I'm going to put it on the stage right here, Okay. Don't look at it yet. Don't look at it yet. You ready? You guys ready? It's a $20 bill. I mean, yeah. You can have it if you want. Hold on. What's your name? Elijah. Yeah, your name's Elijah too? Oh my gosh, this is divine intervention. How are you? Yes, you can have it. Yes. Hey, hold on. Why did you come get that? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, shh. We got to listen to this. This is, okay. Because you said we could. Because you said I could. Why do you want it, though? Because it's money. Who wouldn't want money? Who wouldn't want money, right? Because you can get whatever you want. Right. Yeah. right. It's all yours. $20 right there. Boom. Hey, guys. <laughs> guys. Hey, guys. Hey, tonight, I want to talk to you guys about going out of comfort, out of comfort, Okay into challenge, out of comfort, into challenge. And the reason the money plays into that, we're going to get to, but not yet. But I want to talk about going from out of comfort into challenge. Why? Because that's what God calls us to do. And he gives us two ways to do that, to love and to follow, okay? And so to talk about this, what we're going to do is we're going to dive into John 21. We're going to dive into this story. I'm going to tell you guys a story of what happens in the Gospel of John, all right? But before I do, I want to give you some background, because this is what you need to know. First off, you guys know Jesus, right? You guys know how he died on the cross? Well, this is after. This is after he's been raised from the dead. He's alive. I mean, it's crazy. The guy who died on the cross is now alive, and now he's kind of just roaming around showing people that, he's, that he, in fact, raised from the dead, that he defeated death forever, that he's king, that he's Lord. And there's this one evening, this one evening where the disciples, they decide, let's go fishing. 
You know, it's been, it's, been, it's been a long day. Let's just get out on the sea, and let's go fishing. Let's see how much fish we can catch. And so they go out on the Sea of Galilee, and this is what happens. They fish all night long. And guess how much fish they caught? Zero. Zero. Not a one. Not a one fish. They don't catch anything. But all night long, this is what we like to call an epic fail, ladies and gentlemen. All right? But what happens next is a man calls to them from the beach. And this is what he says in John 21, verse 5. He says, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about 100 yards. So what happens when Peter realizes it's Jesus? He throws himself into the sea. He's going after him. Why? Because he doesn't just see his friend. For that, for the last three years has been his closest friend. He doesn't just see his friend. He sees the God of the universe that just defeated death. He just was dead and resurrected himself. He's alive. And he doesn't want to just embrace his friend. He wants to embrace his God and his king. That's amazing. And this is kind of where our story really begins. This is kind of where our first point begins. Because God calls us to love. If we want to go from comfort to challenge, point number one, Jesus calls us to love. Just like Peter loved. You see, when that money was on the stage, Elijah came over and just grabbed it. Because he knew its value. He understood how much it was worth, right? I want to tell you something tonight. Here's something really important to know. Is that even though that $20 is going to buy him some things, he's not going to have that $20 once, once he uses it. It'll be gone. And the experience he buys with it, or the, or the object he buys with it, it'll eventually disappear. The secret that Peter is letting us in on is that Jesus is more valuable than anything else in this world, even money. Why? Because Jesus will never, ever disappear. He's forever. And he will always give us exactly what we need. Enjoyment, excitement, entertainment. He's amazing. He's amazing. And Jesus has continually called us to love because he understands what it is he can give to us. So to go from comfort to challenge, we gotta love. And, and really, a great example of this, uh, raise your hand if you've seen the movie Frozen, right? Uh, you guys know Sammy up here? One of her favorites, one of her favorites, okay? So, okay, so there's two little girls, they're princesses, right? You guys know the story. Their names are Anna and Elsa. And what happens in this story is that, first off, Elsa's a weirdo because she's got these winter powers but it, she's also awesome because she's got these winter powers. So what happens is while they're playing around one, one morning, they get up, they're playing around, all of a sudden Elsa accidentally hurts Anna. And so their parents decide, you know what? For the safety of both of these girls, we love them both, we're just gonna separate them for a while until Elsa can kind of get a handle on her powers because we don't want her to kind of, you know, 
get too out of control and accidentally doing something that is bad. So they separate them for a while, and as they grow older, they don't actually get to hang out with each other. But when they get older, their parents decide they're gonna go on this voyage. And so they go out to sea, and there is just this terrible, terrible storm. I mean, it is crazy, right? You guys have seen this. It was crazy. And it ends up taking the boat down. And in that moment, Anna and Elsa's parents, they're gone. Exactly. And what happens is that Elsa, Elsa is in line to become the queen. She's in line. So what happens is all these nations, all these kingdoms, they come to celebrate the fact that although there was a king and queen that are gone, there's a new one. And that's exciting. That's amazing because Arendelle, this kingdom, is going to have a new queen to lead them. And so everyone comes to these, this event. And when they do, Anna meets this hunky dude, charming dude, named Hans. I know, it's like, he, hey, hold on, we're not there yet, we're not there yet, all right. She meets this guy, and they fall in love immediately. I mean, immediately, they're just in love, all right, and they decide they're getting married, and Anna goes and tells Elsa, and what happens? Elsa's like, Anna, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. You don't even know this guy. You don't know him at all. And so they get into this fight because Anna's like, you can't control me. And Elsa's like, I'm kind of the queen now, so actually I kind of can. And then they just get into this fight, and then eventually Elsa's powers start freaking out, and ice starts going everywhere, and she gets scared. Why? Because she doesn't want to hurt anybody. So she leaves. She runs into the mountains. And what does Anna do? What does Anna do at that moment? She goes after her. Exactly. Exactly. What Anna does, what Anna does in that moment, is she looks at the fact that her sister, who she loves, is gone. And so she throws herself into this wintry wilderness to bring her home where she belongs. And this leads us back into our story because even though Jesus calls us to love him, to go from comfort to challenge, he also calls us to follow. And so if we look back at the story, in John, what happens is once they get to the shore, they all get, all the disciples get to the shore and they decide, hey, we're having a fish fry tonight. And they have some breakfast and they start cooking and a conversation begins. And, and Jesus starts talking to Peter and he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And Peter, and, and you know, he just can't believe it. But Jesus asks him three times, do you love me? Yes, I, you know, Peter's like, yes, I love you. And so Jesus says, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And Peter is finally just worn out by this. This is his friend. This is the man that he's been with for three years, and he doesn't trust his loyalty. And he looks at Jesus, and he says, Lord, you know everything about me. You know that I love you. And Jesus looks at him, and he says, follow me. And that's what Jesus continues to look at us and call us to. Because even though God calls us to love, that is sometimes the easiest part. It is so easy to just love God. It's so easy to just love being in his presence. It's so easy to just love coming to church and worshiping and just being with friends and being with the church. But it's another thing utterly to follow him. But Peter does follow him. And what happens when Peter follows him is that the church comes into being. Thousands and thousands of people will be saved 
by Jesus Christ because of what Peter did in following him. And God calls us to do that too. What happens in Frozen, um, kind of as the story progresses, is that Anna goes and she seeks Elsa. And she finds Elsa at the top of this mountain, this uh, icy kingdom that she's created. And they get into another fight because Anna wants Elsa to come home, but Elsa's resistant. She does not want to come. And Elsa accidentally curses her sister, and her sister is destined to die because of this curse. There's only one way she can be saved. It's only by an act of true love. Realizing this, oh, maybe, I don't know. Realizing this, she runs back to the kingdom because she is hoping that the man that she is, that she is to marry can help her get rid of the curse that has destined her to die. And she gets there and she's so weak. She is almost to the point of death and she, and she finds Hans and she finally says, Hans, I need you to kiss me. I have a curse and I'm gonna die and the only way I can be saved is an act of true love. And as he leans in to kiss her, he stops and he looks at her straight in the eyes and he says, if only someone really loved you. Because the problem was Hans didn't really love her. What he really loved was the idea of getting the kingdom from her. He wanted the power, he wanted the glory, he didn't care at all about her. And so Anna is just, she's broken by this. Not only because she lost the person that she thought she loved and loved her, but also because who's gonna save her now? She is destined to die. But then Olaf comes in and he says, Kristoff loves you, which is the man who had helped her find Elsa. And so she begins to try and make her way to him and she sees him and she begins to run and he begins to run towards her, understanding that there's the only way. But at the same time, she hears this gasp and she looks and she sees her sister and Hans standing over her. And he begins to whip out his sword and to strike her. And as he's going to, to, to kill her sister, she has a choice to make. She sees Kristoff running and she looks at Kristoff and then she looks back at Elsa and she says, what should I do? If I, if I go to Kristoff, I can save my life, but my sister will die. But if I go to Elsa, I can save hers, but I will die. She looks at Kristoff, she looks at Elsa, she's torn. But at that moment later, she thrusts herself, she throws herself in front of the blade. She accepts the blow and she turns to a thick, icy statue, thick as stone. And the, and the sword just bounces off and Hans is blown away. And Elsa embraces her and she weeps because she believes in the moment that she has lost her sister. But then she begins to defrost. She begins to defrost and she becomes back to life. She, becomes back to, she comes back to normal and they embrace and they say, how did this happen? It was because it was only an act of true love that could save her. And that's what happened. That's what happened when Anna threw herself into the midst of the blow of the sword. In the midst of knowing that she was going to die for her sister, she followed the call. She didn't just love her sister, she followed it up with the necessary requirement of true love. Can I tell you something tonight? If, if you guys leave here, I just want you to, I want you to hear this. Our God in heaven, in his perfection, in his glory, he looked at you. He saw the brokenness in our homes. He saw the hurting in our schools. He saw the failures all over us. And he violently threw himself to this earth 
and he followed, followed the call all the way to the cross, all the way to death, and he intercepted the blow, he intercepted that sword that we deserved on the cross because he loved us so much that the only necessary requirement was that he finally bring that to completion in his sacrifice for us. You see, the point of the money was not that you'd come and get it. That's the easy part. I knew that you'd come and get it. But the question now is what can you do with that money? What is Elijah gonna, what are you gonna do with that money? What, is, what can he do with that money that is going to advance the kingdom of God? Instead of spending it on himself, instead of spending it on things that he wants, what can he do to advance God's kingdom? That is the question. And some of you guys are thinking, well, I don't have $20, how do I do that? Well, what you're gonna do is you're going to get into groups and you are going to, to discuss and have that conversation just like Jesus had with Peter. And you're gonna say, do you love Jesus? And hopefully many of you will say yes. And if you don't, we, we hope you do. But some of you will say yes and, and you're, the people who are teaching her, they're gonna, they're gonna say, well, follow him. How do you do that? What does that look like in your life specifically? And let's all just come up with these ideas that we can do that in our lives. I'm gonna pray for us tonight, and then uh, I want you guys to check out an awesome video about kingdom working in our community, all right? God, we are so thankful for what you continue to do in our lives. We are blessed, God, in knowing that you have sent your son to this earth because of how much you loved us even unto the point of death, God, that he was obedient to death, even death on a cross. And we pray that we could just continue to do those same things for you, God, to love you so much that we could sacrifice everything, knowing, God, that when we obtain you, we obtain everything we could ever possibly need, that the hurting in our homes becomes a little less hard, that the suffering in our schools becomes a little less difficult, God, that we can gain acceptance and we don't need the people around us to give us that. You are good, Father. And we pray that we could continue to come before you and give you all of our attention and worship. It's in your son's holy and precious name, Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to a student ministry sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about the student ministry or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's student ministry sermon.